Why are you in a good mood? I don't know. We've had a, had a laugh, you know, had a little joke, you know. I mean, yeah, had a laugh. That was off edge. Want to tell them what we're joking about? Um, we're laughing at some of the outros or outtakes. All right. Um, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, people. You're back once again, fully booked. Um, in the studio with myself, Mace. Myself, French. Myself, Pox. Um, I think, well, boys, episode four, fully booked. Yeah. So we're on part three. For those who've actually got the, the, the book attached, which we're, um, we're currently going through and relating to everyday lives, um, part three, when attachment stars clash, um, we're on page 153 which um, starts with the title, the heading, the anxious avoided trap. That's what we're going to go through in today's episode. And yeah, ready to kick off and really get into another, a good listening hour or so of um, that good-ish. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll, I'll get it started in mm-hmm. regards to stories that the book refers to. Now, there's, there's a few, so I'm not going to go into all of them, but one that does stick out for me, I thought it was good to bring up, is okay. the romantic bed and breakfast in Vermont. And there's two people, mm-hmm. one Su- Susan, one being Paul. And basically, I'm not going to go into the full details, full details, but I'll kind of give you a brief synopsis, synopsis of it. So they decide to go on a spontaneous weekend trip to Vermont. And when they get there, they check into a B&B. Where's Vermont, Canada? No. I, I feel like America, a... America. Anyway, sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, go on. Totally irrelevant. <laughs> so Susan and Paul, go on. Yeah, so these the, a couple basically they go they go away to this. They check out two B and Bs. Now both places are cozy and inviting. So one room has a has two single beds and the other has a room with one large queen size bed. Now Paul wants a room with two single beds because he wants to view and he, he, that's what he's looking to go away for. He wants to get a brilliant view. And Susan wants the one large bed because she intimacy. She, yeah, she can't imagine going on a romantic getaway and having to sleep in um, separate beds. And neither can I, to be honest. But anyway, go on. That wasn't where we was going with the story. That's, I'm just letting yeah. you know. Well, yeah, that's, and, that's, that's how, how you stop, feel. Stop, yeah, exactly. That's how you stop. feel. So, Paul basically. What is he, PGL? Two single beds. Sorry. Come <laughs> on, come on, <laughs> So, Paul. Paul's basically saying, "Look, we sleep in the bed every night. What, what's the what's the big deal? Um, he wants to he wants to enjoy the view because it's a beautiful view. They don't come out to where they are. Mm-hmm. It's a Vermont mm-hmm. at the end of the day, and he wants to appreciate the views that they can see. Whereas Susan feels the same that she has to. Well, she feels such an urge that she can't sleep one night without being in the same bed as Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, but neither one wants to kind of." give in and say alright cool let's take that room or we'll take, we'll take one take the other room okay. so what happens is they, they, they argue and it messes up their whole weekend unfortunately mm-hmm. but um, where would you stand in that same situation mm-hmm. what would you do would you say to your woman or your partner whoever whatever side you're on mm-hmm. I'll sacrifice what I want for you if I'm putting myself in um, Paul and Susan's situation, yeah. listen, if I'm going away, I think the whole, like, for me, if you go away with your partner, look, everyone's got the stresses. So we're London boys, yeah? But whatever yeah. town, city you're from, everyone has the everyday stress, stresses. And I'm sure there's a lot of monotony in people's lives, yeah? And the whole purpose of going away, getting away from that same old, same old, 
part of it is obviously to have just generally have a break yeah mm. but part of it is also i feel like to kind of regain <coughs> that kind of intimacy and closeness and if you're sleeping in two separate beds how are you supposed to regain that but what is but if I go away pocket, then yeah, we share two. We have two separate. I'm saying we have two separate beds because obviously we're not in it like that. And anyhow, you have any visions like that, you best. Yeah, tell but obviously me. it's not that. We're not yeah. talking about. But that. what I'm saying is, for me, if you're with a romantic partner, yeah, you go where you're sharing a bed. Like yeah. it's just that's that's what it is, isn't it? Okay. For me. That's, yeah. that's where I stand on it. I feel like so part you, of it is about the intimacy, getting away, and the fact that you can be intimate. You ain't got to get up seven in the morning to go and do a hard day's graft or whatever. Yeah, you know what of course, that's nice. What's, mm-hmm. your, what's your opinion? I, I think it's a madness, man. I can't believe Paul at the age of 28 is actually considering getting separate beds. You're going on a romantic weekend away with your partner, mm-hmm. and you're considering actually getting separate beds. There's definitely a lot of spontaneity in this one here, mate, because it's definitely a surprise that you'd actually want separate beds. I'm actually lost on this one here, if I'm honest. Mm-hmm. Um, um, if you're with your loved one, your partner, I mean, naturally, as I mentioned before, you're so going are you, sorry, I think French's question was: Would you, would you sacrifice, would you sacrifice the views to have one bed? So I, I'm guessing you're on the side of you want the one bed. I want the one bed, hundred percent. So would you sacrifice those amazing views you can get? Yeah, fuck the views. <laughs> you're going away to an amazing place, <laughs> and you're going to be staring at four walls, come like prison. But Sorry. what would you, you said you would you would do the one bed thing, though, innit? Yeah, but I'm playing devil's advocate right now, man. Alright, cool. <laughs> Me personally, yeah. I'll keep it hundred. Yeah. I'm not gonna say I would do the separate beds. Mm-hmm. I would take the view, but what I would do is I'll put the two single beds together as one. And we both it's a comp as far as I'm concerned, it's a it's a compromise. Like I'm getting the view, we're still getting the attachment of being together. For me personally, you could say, oh well, maybe there's a split down the middle of the bed. I think that's that's a minimal. I think the fact that you're in close proximity of each other, you've both got the beds, you're you're together. He mm-hmm. can see the view. You're both. It's a win-win. Do you know what I mean? You know, Mason says something I think very interesting. In um, I think it was one of the um, previous episodes about not necessarily understanding his partner and thinking not necessarily that she was nuts, but like that's the way I look at it. If I'm thinking the shoes and the other foot in that she wanted the views and I wanted the beds close together. Yeah, I'm the type of person that will compromise. Mm-hmm. But in my back of my mind, I'm thinking, you're mad. We've come on a romantic weekend away and you want two separate beds and the possibility of bringing them together. I don't get it. I don't quite understand it. And we're going on a romantic weekend together. I want to get closer to you. I'm assuming that's the whole idea, obviously, a romantic weekend away. I'm lost in the idea. We might as well stay at home. Do you know what? Now that French has hit the nail on the, on, on the head, yeah? Compromise. And do you know what? That's, that's the key for me. Like, forget this book right now. We're well, not forget it because it's the Bible. But yeah. I think in any relationship, it's going to be compromised. I had a very interesting... Com- I know this is going off topic. Yeah, yeah, of course. I had a very in- interesting conversation with a good friend of mine. I went out for dinner yesterday with um, a few of my guys for, like, the whole kind of Christmas dinner thing. And one of my guys, me and my guys started talking, and one of the things he brought up was about the need in a relationship to compromise and how much... And when he met his partner, they've been together for a number of years now, when he met his partner, he wasn't the finished article, she wasn't the finished article, and they knew they had to go together, and they met quite young, but the key thing was compromise and working through it. Mm. And as long as there's a li- as long as there's enough movement, I think we're gonna might even cover it in the chapter. Somewhere in this book, it does make reference to attachment styles and then being plastic as inflexible. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah and it's probably the same with people when they're in a relationship. Plastic, compromise, flexible, it's all the same kind of thing. I think you hit the nail on the head. If you're really that kind of stubborn about, 
I've come away all the, wherever we are, Vermont, from wherever we've come from, mm. the views and how one of them in, you're telling me you want to you wanna stay at four walls because you want Nikki at night. Because yeah. that person saying, listen, like, we don't, we're, we're always working, I'm doing night shift, you're doing day shift. This for me is romantic, just the fact that we can have that closeness, that bond. Mm. Compromise is the key. And yeah. you know what? You, I'm with you on this one. I'm afraid to say. <laughs> afraid to say. No, no I'm not afraid. You know, it's, it's not a case that I'm, I'm against compromise because I think mm. I'm generally generally a person who likes to compromise. I'm thinking in this situation here because I know we, what we've done. We've actually flipped it on its head and we're saying if I, as in a male, was Susan and if the female was Paul. Go on. Am I right in saying so? Well, you've done it, but go on. Okay. No, well, that's what, well, that's what I thought we did anyway. In that, um, you did it. No, no, no. In that, um, what Susan is the one who wanted the bed, um, the, the single bed, and Paul's the one who wanted the views. Am I right in saying so? Yeah. But I think you kind of like you said you're playing devil's advocate. What's your point? <laughs> My point is saying, of course, I'm down to compromise. I'm generally a person who obviously likes to compromise, but I'm saying like, I'm kind of a little bit lost on here in terms of why you'd actually want to compromise on this. I'm, I mean, I'm quite simple. No, what we're saying is, gem- generally, yeah. In a situation like this, where one person saying one thing, another person saying another, as in they're at two complete opposites, yeah. compromise is probably the key, so they both get a degree of satisfaction in what they want. Does that make sense? I totally understand you in yeah. I totally understand the situation, but yeah. here I'm looking at you sideways, mate. In that we're in a, a romantic situation, yeah. right, so a romantic and um, relationship, mm. and we're considering actually putting the two beds together. As you as you mentioned before, what is this PGL? This is a madness, mate. I'm, I, I'm lost on this, mate. Look at it. There's a sentence I'm looking at here. I'm thinking, who am I in a relationship here? We sleep in, we sleep, we sleep in the same bed every night. What's the big deal? What is the big deal? Alright, so moving on. <laughs> <laughs> the telltale signs of an anxious avoidant trap. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are six of them. Okay. Then being the roller coaster effect, the emotional counterbalance in that, stable instability. Are we really fa- fighting about this? Mm-hmm. Life in the inner circle is an enemy and experience in the trap. Okay. Um, in regards, I've been in an anxious avoidant relationship. So mm-hmm. when I was reading through this, one that did stick out for me was the actual roller coaster effect. And what is that? Do you want to just look down listeners, French? Um, I'll, yeah, I'll touch P- it. Page 159 for those who are following on the book. So it's um, the telltale signs of the action avoided, anxious avoidant trap. So, in a relationship, you never sail along in an even kill. Mm-hmm. Instead, every once in a while, when the avoidant partner makes him or herself available to the anxious partner, the latter's attachment system is temporarily quieted and you achieve extreme closeness, mm-hmm. leading to the feeling of a high. Is that for the anxious person? Yeah. Okay. The closeness, however, is perceived as a threat by the avoidant partner and is quickly followed by withdrawal or his or her part only to create a new renewed dis- dissatisfaction for the anxious partner. partner and I've done that unintentionally not in, I can't say unintentionally maybe subconsciously I didn't realise what I was doing but I do recall there being times when like we can have a, a really nice weekend together chilled whatever done, go out do something really nice and then for the following few days after that because it's been so close, I may not necessarily reach out to that partner. I'll just kind of, not to say intentionally keep my distance, but I'll just be doing what I'm doing. Do you know what I'm saying? Like whether it's working or just being busy doing what I'm doing. And then they would feel some kind of weight after such a close weekend. It's like, oh, why aren't you, it's almost like, why aren't you not following it up? Yeah. But for me, it was just like, yeah, I'm just doing what I'm doing, I'm busy, whatever. 
mm-hmm. but maybe subconsciously it's because of that avoidant um, behaviour that I have or trait or whatever so can I say something because like I know like I might um, expand on it or see a little bit later but is that out of fear of potentially falling more in love if that makes any sense nah that's my point bro I just said it was subconscious so I'm doing it not knowing I'm doing it like, mm-hmm. obviously I'm re- I've now read the book so I'm aware of certain things mm-hmm. that I may have done that's like okay well that is a typical and avoidant thing to do or behaviour to do but at the time no it wasn't a case of I'm falling in love or I'm trying to avoid falling in love no not at all like it, for me it was just yeah it was a nice weekend cool we done what we done it was nice now I'm just my mind's on doing whatever I'm doing I'm not really thinking about following up with a text and a do you know what I mean that yeah, 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 communication yeah, yeah, yeah. so it wasn't it was never a case of I'm actively thinking I'm avoiding this shit do you know what I'm saying mm. Do you know what? Sorry, with your story, French, actually, there's there's a little segment on page 157, which is a couple of pages back, and I think it kind of sums up beautifully. It says, when couples disagree about the degree of closeness and intimacy desired in, re- in a relationship, the issue eventually threatens to dominate all of their dialogue. We call this the anxious avoidant trap, because like a trap, you fall into it with no awareness, and like a trap, once you're, once you're caught, it's hard to break free. So you see how you said you might have a great weekend away mm. and then come back and all of a sudden, and then without realising it, subconsciously, you've gone back to your kind of monotony of day-to-day work, whatever you're yeah, doing. Yeah. But because obviously you're now back in your everyday life, you can't have that that natural closeness. Mm. The other person almost feels like you're semi-pushing them away or, or hold on, like, I felt like we were emotionally collected mm. and now it's not there no more. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So what happens, does that cause, as this kind of segment says, an issue in that the, the dominant or over kind of riding um, um, subjects of conversational mm. talk, does it become that person, you and them going back and forth about how much time you're spending Yeah, together. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's brilliant. That's that's exactly what this kind of says and that you, you can actually first hand with your experience yeah, but this is why this is why I genuinely like the book because I can read it and it's like I can put that situation or that scenario into my very own experience firsthand, as you just said, and it's very relevant. Um, just to kind of move on slightly in mm-hmm. terms of that actual relationship, your um, relationship, the what the one that the one that you was just talking yeah, about, yeah, the one on. I was referring to. Um, it goes further on and how it actually ended up finishing when it came to its uh, its last leg, shall I say, the mm-hmm. actual relationship. Mm-hmm. And it kind of sums it up in a sense on one page 162. Okay. It says, with every clash, the anxious person loses more ground. During bitter fights between anxious and avoidant partners, when there is no secure checks and balances in place, people with anxious attachment styles tend to get overwhelmed by negative emotions. When they feel hurt, they talk, think and act in an extreme manner, even to the point of threatening to leave, which is protest Protest behaviour. However, once they calm down, they become flooded with positive memories and they are overcome with regret. They reach out to their partner in an attempt to reconcile, but they are often met with a hostile response because avoidance react differently to a fight. They turn off all attachments related memories and remember the worst of their partner. Wow. Yes. For the purpose of people listening, French just made a a nod and a kind of a (laughs) wink and a hop, skip and a jump to say, yep, it's definitely true. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh.
much. That is, yeah, that, that that's incredible though. That is very incredible. And having dated an anxious person, I definitely have seen firsthand the protest behaviour. But I didn't react how uh, the last part of the um, the uh, the script said in that turn the fall emotions. I'm not quite cold like that. It's cold as ice. <laughs> um, <laughs> there was one other thing I want to touch upon. See how cool. the Susan and Paul story was 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 really good. There's something. There's another story that's very that's similar. Mm. Same, same, but different, basically. Yeah. 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 Um, and it was Naomi, and, <laughs> Naomi and Kevin. Yeah. So this is just on page one five five, guys. Yeah. So Naomi and Kevin. Um, Naomi and Kevin started dating. I think they've been together maybe six months or so, exclusively dating. So they're not seeing anyone else. Um, Naomi's pissed off or cheesed off because Kevin's got a couple of a couple of old flames on Facebook which he hasn't unfriended. Mm. And what cheeses Kevin off is that Naomi, whenever he's out, she knows he's out. He said, "I'm out with my boys tonight." And she'll still sting his phone five, six times. Oh, that's annoying. And he'll just air the calls <clears throat> straight. So, and Kevin, yeah. And they'll have <laughs> disagreements about this. So linking back to, to, what, to what I said earlier about yeah. how um, your kind of, the main talking point in the relationship is about the degree of closeness and intimacy and communication. Mm-hmm. Naomi and Kevin, this kind of causes conflict in their relationship. Just people at home, how do you feel, and even, I'm going to ask you boys in here as well, in the whole social media front, if you started dating someone, how do you feel about them having A, ties or links to their old flame, or if they're still friends, or B, just making reference, or still seeing them? How do you guys feel about that? Because I'm sure that's a situation that must crop up a lot in new relationships where people have told them who their ex-partner is, mm. and they still have them on a social media account, or still text, or whatever. How does that make you feel? You guys, how have you been? Well, I'm not on social media like that. So it's never been a problem. Like, No, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I've got, I've, I've had a partner um, and they've got Facebook and what have you. True, I'm not on it. I can't see it. So I'm not really pennying what's going on in there and what's not. Okay. Whether she's talking to this Don or not talking to that Don. I don't, I'm not on social media, so I can't really, I'm not going to get involved in it. I'm, I would never have that argument of, oh, why are you still friend with that person or unfriend with that person I'm not I'm not going to be able to ac- have access to it unless I go in there and make a fake profile well, okay, okay so people you've dated have they had social media yeah and have they said you know my ex this and that nah. and, oh you don't it's even not, bother no, it's not even a topic because if they're going to be rapping to their ex-boyfriends on Facebook then what are we doing like really mm-hmm. like, just keep just tell me innit? and I'll keep, we'll just keep it moving because it's long like if I mean, it's, it's, that's the thing though, because I'm so, I'm not saying I'm anti-social media, but because I'm just not on it and I'm not really in it, those issues have never really been something that's come to the forefront with me. Mm-hmm. And I'm not really that much of a jealous person, so I'm not really gonna be asking my partner about it, about, right, so who's on your Facebook and who's not on your Facebook. Mm-hmm. So that, me personally, has never become an issue. Will it become one in the, in the future? I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah, yeah. From, from the size of your DNA, you don't really get too. No, it's not to say I don't care, but I'm not. I'm not a jealous person. I yeah. don't do social media. So if you are gonna talk to your your ex partners on for social media, then great. But then you just you're better off just telling me. And do you know what I'm saying? Like, let's just keep it moving because it's unnecessary. Because you then become a hypocrite if I kept an ex partner's number. 
and start WhatsApping her, do you know what I mean? Then you can't really get mad then if that's if you if that's what you're actually doing on Facebook and whatever or not. Isn't that a little bit different though? Like WhatsApping someone and maybe um, using social media. Why? What's the difference? No, because I think with um, with social media, I think like you can come across people. I don't want to say indirectly in that they can come across your timeline, and there may be some type of exchange could potentially happen. Whereas with um, WhatsApp, you're actually seeking. That's the same shit. Man. I don't think it is. I think it's a little same bit indirect. Shit, no, no. I think it's still. I think there's still shit. intent there. But I think it's still. I mean, there's. Wow, a, I don't care, bro. Like if my if my beanie's flipping. Talking to someone, their ex via Facebook, it's just a same no, no, thing no. As I mean, the sin has been made. I mean, exactly. There's, there's, so, there's yeah, no, 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 the kind of the point I'm making because I was going to say before, um, would I have a problem with it? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, with my partner speaking to someone on. So- Not necessarily speaking, just the fact that you started dating someone. Yep. Maybe they've got a social media profile. Mm-hmm. They've got one or two exes on there who you know of. Maybe they've said they spoke about, and they've said, "Oh, they done this to me," or blah 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 but yeah they've still got them on there meaning possibly they could still have a a a burning flame or something in there or just let's just let's cut that bit the fact they've got them on there how are you okay with that if they've got an ex-partner on there who you you obviously know about um no i I, no no, sorry i don't really i don't think i have a problem with that and the reason why i say that is because i mean although your relationship may have i don't want to say ended so it didn't end well as such. I mean, you may still be on like good terms, so I don't see mm-hmm. why there should be a problem with you actually, not necessarily reaching out to that person, but you having a conversation with that person. Okay. You're going to come across these people in life. I mean, not in general, but you're going to have these awkward conversations and I don't think I have a really an issue with it. So unless... So, sorry to cut you, but then you shouldn't have a problem with them hollering them and WhatsApp them. No, 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 no. I think there was a two different... Um, so the example I think you gave was... Um, would you have a problem with her having a com- having a conversation with her ex via social media? But my thing with social media is people come across your timeline, yeah. and then from there sometimes you can have an exchange. Oh, that's a nice photo. Oh, where were you? Boom, 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 and then you get to <laughs> conversation. Intense, bro. Now, there is intent there. I'm saying, <laughs> now, it sounds mad, but I mean, no, these no, things man, happen. Whereas, if I if I if I go on my WhatsApp, I might go. Mm, I'm 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 gonna talk to what's her name today. No, that, I think I think the no, Because hold on, because what's that that thing that the they got now? The status thing. Mm. You can look on there, and the, it's true. It's got the stories now as well. Oh, that pops up one of the stories. Let me clock the story. Oh, that's like, that's essentially you can like, say so, the same thing. It's just, it's, that's, same that's, shit, just, that's essentially um, social media as well. Then. Social media as well. That's then. my point. Okay, but I'm talking about um, WhatsApp from a point where we're not looking at stories. I know. Yeah, but it's part of it. It's part and parcel now. So you should can't you have, see that. Wait, sorry to cut you. Should you have any communication with an ex? But that's the point. Like, for me, should you have any... any? No, not really. No. What, yeah, but if you've children for your ex? That's, that's different now. So well, it depends on the scenarios then? Yeah, of course. But, but, you you're saying you're, but when you're saying... Uh, when you're putting kids into it, that's a whole different. All right, take the kids out. If it's an ex you dated for a good two, three, four years, yeah, it was four years ago or something. Um, but now, but you always had a solid foundation, as in a friend basis. Can that run? Can can you can can a girl you'll see and say to you, "I'm going to for a meal with my ex tonight, and and then t- we'll catch up tomorrow, or I'll see you later." <laughs> that sounds a bit wishy washy to me, boy. Can, can she say that to you, French? Can she say that to you? <laughs> Come on to me, Spin, spinning plates. No, but hold on, hold on a minute. She, well, anyway, go. On. I think, but I think we're we're. we're mm. You think we're digressing a little bit? I mean, yeah, slightly. 
I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting as well. Do you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna post this question up on our Insta. No, we could go into it. The reason I think, because should you ever have communication with an ex? And I think um, it will be an interesting. That will be an interesting yeah. debate. Because yeah, yeah, I, th- I think, I think, I think it's fine personally. If you've still got a good relationship with that person, yeah, I think it's fine personally. Okay. And I also feel like if you're secure within yourself. <laughs> low blow. <laughs> There's no low blow. Straight uppercut. And you just your pitch code. No joke. Um, no, not me, bro. No, nah, no, nah, joking. Um, if you've still got a. Um, sorry, if yeah, if you're secure within yourself, in the day, I feel like you have to have faith within your relationship that you're in it, that you're. you're it's just you and that person in it. Yeah. And until it's not, don't go looking for things and jump to But hence me not really bothered about the whole social media anyway. Mm-hmm. Like it's not a thing for me to not but, so, acknowledge it. And I mean, that's not because I've got my head in the sand. Do you know what I'm saying? It's just case. If so that's can, what you're doing over there. That's what you're doing over there. The same way you're saying that you'll be fine with your ex going out with an ex of hers that they went to go dinner. Mm-hmm. It's almost like an attitude of. If you're, that's what you're doing, that's what you're doing over there. If you end up fucking him, then just tell me and we're done. Do you know what I'm saying? That's, that's, kind of my that's the same honest. thing that I'm saying. Yeah. It's I mean, just I, a different scenario. I feel that way as well. What I'm thinking though, with the psychology of sometimes like social media is like, I've got one or two people on my social media who I'm following them and they're following me, people who I've seen before, but I generally have no problems obviously with them following me and vice versa. And there's some there's times obviously when I've seen pictures of them with other guys and stuff like that. And I'm not the jealous type, but there are there have been times when I'm like, hmm, what's going on here? Or no, I'm not gonna see right. Well, let me sit in, can I sit here and lie? Nah. Yeah. There's times when I thought, what's going on here? Or yeah, I mean, those type of thoughts. No, I don't want to say any real jealous thoughts, but I can see those type of things maybe arising like, within people if your partner has kind of moved on. So I mean, I I definitely understand it, but myself, no. I think if like if you're in a relationship with someone, and I think your relationship is at a, a certain point, as in you're now ready to maybe take that first step as such, then no, I don't I don't see why I should feel uncomfortable. But if you're in that like kind of like seeing stage, then you might be a little bit curious as to what that person is doing. But again, as you mentioned before, mm-hmm. like go on and go see him. Yeah, you know I mean, I'm comfortable with myself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or why don't you just tell me from the jump? Interesting points. Interesting points. You are locked into Fully Booked. That's full underscore E underscore booked for the Twitter, the Instagram, the Facebook. Um, we're on podcast if you've got the um, if you've got any Apple devices as well. Um, this is season one of Fully Booked. We're on episode four, um, and yeah, we're reading the book attached. So if you haven't if you haven't got it, go get it. Don't have to get it. It's not essential. Just tune in, listen. We go through, we divulge, and we interest and enlighten. Yeah, I mean, kind of moving on from our last mm-hmm. kind of topic, so to speak. Um, it, it goes on to ad- talking about identifying your integrated, secure role model. What page are we on French? Uh, that's on 164. Okay. But kind of to to shave it down, so to speak, I think a good analogy of um, what I'm referring to is, is done on 165, okay. where it says your relationship with your pet is a secure role model. So Susan Phillips, who is a co-author of the book Healing Together, describes our connection with pets as a source of inspiration for our romantic relationships. In her writing, she points out that we tend to perceive our pets as selfless and loving despite their many misdemeanors. They wake up us they wake us up at night, destroy our valuables, and demand our undivided attention. Yet we tend to overlook these behaviours and feel positively positively towards them. 
In fact, our connection with our pets is an excellent example of a secure presence in our life. We can tap into our attitudes towards our pets as a secure resource within us. We don't assume our pets are doing these things purposely to hurt us. We don't hold grudges even when they eat something they shouldn't or make a mess. We still greet them with a warmly. We still greet them warmly when we come home, even after a rough day at the office, and we stick by them no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a good comparison in terms of having a secure role model and being able to kind of see like certain times when you're when you're in a relationship with your partner and you have a bad day at the office and you tend to talk to them and you tend to take it out on them. Yeah. Whereas you wouldn't do that to your pet. Well, you, you know would, I mean? but you wouldn't. Your pet would just, they can't talk back, but it would take it in. Does that make sense? And sometimes maybe your partner needs to be there and realise this isn't like you. You're, I just need to take this in and realise it's not against me per se. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Does that yeah, make sense? Definitely. Yeah, definitely. But even still, like, to reverse that, you wouldn't walk in well, actually, I can't say everyone. Yeah. You, you might get people that walk in and start kicking the shit out of their dogs after a hard day's work. But yeah, your your um, average good person, positive person, they maybe feel upset, but they wouldn't come in and start doing like shouting at their pets for for no good reason. You know yeah, it's I mean? like you come in and your pets is almost like your sanctuary. Like yeah. I'm coming from a hard day, and this I got. Yeah, I've got you or <laughs> it or whatever at home or whatever in it. Yeah. So, what we remember today of our past is in fact a product of uh, editing and reshaping what occurs over the years and whenever we recall that particular memory. In other words, our current experiences shape our view of our past ones by creating our own attachment inventory. Mm-hmm. You re-examine your recollections of past relationship experiences from a new perspective. So, looking back on your own transgressions or relationships, has your opinion changed on the outlook or particular scenarios since reading through this book thus far? I think, have I touched on this? I can't remember. I'm sure I must have. Um, 100%. Yeah. That is my answer. 100%. Was it last week's episode I touched on it? About the relationship I was in and how... Yes, it was, yes. And you yeah. gave an example, yes, of why I'm particular. And then now you understand... Exactly. Yeah, no, I definitely remember exactly. that. Exactly. So a hundred percent. This as I said, I was actually I visited a good friend of mine um earlier this week. I'm not gonna put her name out, but she's a she loves the, the podcast. She's got the, she's actually read the book twice over and she's only had it about two or three weeks. Mm. And what she was saying to me is this book, she never quite understood why she would have certain thoughts or behave in certain ways or why she would be in a certain way with her partner or vice versa. And this book has helped her to realise that she's not crazy or she's not she's not wild or whatever. And the fact that there is there is a name or a description for how she thinks and feels sometimes. Does that make sense? Yeah. And definitely. it's the same thing that it's done for me when I've evaluated a, re- a relationship to I've been in in the past. And it help, it will definitely help me going forward if I met someone and I kind of, kind of, could put a, a kind of relationship style or trait on them mm. and understand how to work better to get the best out of them for for us if we really wanted to make it work. Does that make sense? Yeah. How do you feel about that, um, P? Thoughts to French's question? Um, has this book kind of changed your opinion? And yeah, so yeah, it has. I mean, I think obviously probably prior to kind of reading the book, I think my thoughts were that um, I'd probably become obviously a bit more comfortable with myself, but maybe in reflection 
and I'm actually thinking as you're kind of speaking as well, there's probably times when I haven't really taken other people's, not necessarily their feelings as in I was being selfish, but mm-hmm. their actual thought process maybe into consideration thought because process, there's been times right. when I've been having conversations about my deep, my relationships obviously with other people and these people and they, and they obviously in kind of feeding back to them and not in any kind of sinister way. They've kind of asked, why have you had this conversation with this person kind of thing? And they felt maybe a little bit uncomfortable. So yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm now like kind of thinking, you know what? Well, I'm kind of thinking, obviously, I probably haven't taken some people's thought process, as I said, probably into consideration mm-hmm. at times. Mm-hmm. French, same at you, though. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. As I, I just kind of said it in the last, in my last example, in regards to like being able to look at back at um, past relationships and realizing those that either my behaviors or my partner's behaviors. Um, is down to certain obviously attachment styles and how they affect us so yeah 100 percent. it's definitely since reading the book is i can look at many scenarios on in a day-to-day on a day-to-day scenario i can meet someone and within five to ten minutes i could kind of start seeing signs of whether they're secure avoidant or anxious you know what i mean so mm-hmm. yeah that's no, definitely beneficial for me personally question to our listeners um to those you might not have the book but you might have heard enough of the podcast to to kind of have formed um an opinion on previous relationships and a relationship you're in as to the relationship attachment styles that were involved in your relationships if you had the knowledge then that you have now from listening to the podcast or reading the book do you think the relationships you were in might have gone differently do you think it would have helped or perhaps even hindered your relationships um Get back to us. Let us know. Always interesting to have other people's views. Um, just to kind of touch on it, I think it's something. I mean, we don't have to delve into it now, but it's it's more of a personal thing to do. But I think the the book gives you a tool to kind of help, kind of look back on past scenarios and situations that you've had in relationships. It's called the relationship inventory. Mm-hmm. and basically you fill it out it, it you put down the name of the partner you explain what the relationship was like was like and what reoccurring patterns happened then you think of a situation that triggered the activation or a deactivation attachment style then you go on to talk about the thoughts your thoughts and feelings at that time and basically you it, you end up ident- identifying how you could have made that situation better or if that situation sort of arise how you'd be able to do with it in a much more um what page is that on beneficial, French? beneficial manner it's on page 168 across the 169 in the book in the book but then it goes on to ask you a few questions so you kind of get a, a summarizing of your inventory um relationship inventory basically but um yeah as i said it's i think it's a good tool if you guys can are in a relationship and think that you need to use it then I definitely think it would be beneficial but, yeah. is it the same it wouldn't happen to be the same one because there's in the book there's, there's an example yeah I think of Henry or Georgina yes that's exactly where we're going to go to next Excellent. actually um, so yeah that's the, in regards to Georgina and Henry okay the text message that saved the day okay you got a bit of a synopsis for us in this story French um, <laughs> uh, let's see. <laughs> Page one seven seven in the book for you guys listening on the on the podcast. Um, Henry and Georgina, 
I don't really, yeah, I don't really have a... It was, I'm sure it's something to do with either they're both working, someone's working during the day and there's not enough communication, something to do with that. And um, it was just about, I think it's just about the need for a text message yeah, to help yeah, reassure. It, it was a case of, as you said, communication and a reassurance. I mean, you, you sounded like you more... Yeah, no, that's, that's pretty much what it is. Right I didn't want to go into too much depth, but basically it's, it's a case where Henry's with Georgina. Um, Henry's an avoidant. Georgina is someone who's anxious and all she... she might Henry might be at work during the day. Georgina, mm. um, she might just want to hear from Henry. She might just want to give him a call, how's your day going, whatever. Mm. She just needs that reassurance, that communication. She'd call him, he wouldn't respond, or he wouldn't answer, wouldn't respond to voicemails. That left Georgina feeling more and more agitated, more anxious. She'll call again, same thing. They kind of went through, filled out the same, the, the kind of table which French was making reference to. And it kind of says, it kind of details what the issue is and how it would help to quell those feelings of anxiety which come up. And the same thing from Henry on his point of view, being an avoidant. What, what's, why is it that like he actually he might see the missed call and can't get back to her, but actually he's not making a solid effort to respond. And it might be that Henry actually can't get to the phone. He just realises it might be a case where, you know the boy or the girl who cried wolf, mm -hmm. in that, what does she want? She really doesn't want anything. So actually, me not returning the, return the call, it's me she doesn't want deal. anything. It's not yeah. a big deal. So, the, 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 like from the kind of diagnosis from the table, it turns out all she really needs is reassurance, i.e. a text message to say, thinking about you or saw your missed call busy and that actually from Henry's point of view that would stop all the missed calls Pop sorry to, what was you, you was going to no 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 I mean I wasn't too sure whether this is actually on topic as such I mean I remember having this conversation or hearing something before like how often do you believe that you need to actually have contact with your partner each day do you feel the need to if if I'm in a committed relationship <laughs> with someone I feel like I, do you know I hate using this word normal because it's such a kind of it's there's normal everything's different every yeah different. what is your normal but my my normal yeah that's a good thing putting it my normal is yeah on a daily basis even if it's like if i'm with if i'm living with them well, you're going to speak to them every day but if you're not living with them but you're in a relationship i, I want to know how my partner's day's been i don't know about you guys i actually want to know like how's your day been like <laughs> See, I mean, that's not the reason why I, I yeah. brought it up as such. But I mean, like, are you talking about how many times you're in the video? Maybe that's a probably, that might even be a better question. I think the question I was gonna yeah. run with because uh, in in regards to that scenario mm -hmm. and the whole pre-written message thing, I've been in a I've been in a relationship where that has kind of come to the forefront where it was like you're not messaging me enough in a day or yeah, you're not saying the certain things in the time so it got to a point where yes I used the whole let's have a pre-written message and it was it was I'm thinking of you I had it in like my notes I would go copy and paste it put in a message at any given moment send it off but for me it's like I still got needle for that because like, how many times can you send that send that message without being told that there's no effort involved you're just now just sending me a cut and paste message but every day is different bro how can it be a cut and paste message that is a little bit out of order in my but opinion. that's what that's the that's the solution though fair enough i don't think there'll be actually 
you know what I mean? But it's, that's the solution. Okay, you can say, how's your day going on one day? The next yeah. day you say like... So you have a series of cut and paste, sir. <laughs> you said that, you know... <laughs> it's not personal enough for me. Yeah, I know. It's, that's what it is. It's, there's no pers- it's not personal enough for me. What do you mean? I'm thinking of you. That's that's personal. <laughs> mm. but what, that's you, personal. You, no, it, it is. But you said that's the solution. That is that's, a solution. I don't think it's... Don't think it's that says solution. it in the book, though. That is a solution. What was the last thing that you said? For Henry, the solution is for him to message and say, I'm thinking of you or something like that. No, that's the example I gave. Yeah, what and I'm that's saying, in the book. In, in the, right, in the book, yeah. what I'm saying is the main thing is Georgina or Georgia, so you're getting that reassurance that Henry is, that Henry is available if needs be. That's all she really requires. And, and whether, so and whether that's a message, text message saying, I'm say, thinking of you. Whether that's Ooh. a message saying, I'm thinking of you, or that's a message to say, hope everything's going okay at home or... Yeah. or how did things go earlier? Your face. Well, no, no, it's no. not like you're clocking in. <laughs> <laughs> Clocked in. And go different over two, three hours. <laughs> this guy, look at his face as he's swearing and he knows what he's doing. Of <laughs> No, but then if you say, ah, oh, how's your day going? You're open to a conversation. If you ain't got the time to have that conversation. No, you don't. You just say, hope your day's going okay. Yeah. Dot, dot, dot. Exactly. And you can cut and paste that. So you can say that every day. What every are you day. You can have you can have a, a good five to six of them just <laughs> on rotation. <laughs> taking the piss. I know. Right. I was thinking the same thing. I just haven't said it yet. Bro, you're telling me when you get in the, when you get in, in the evening when you get in in the evening, yeah, and you talk that evening, and she says, "Oh, tomorrow, you know, um, we've got a new star, and I've got a I've got a show in the office." So the next day, it might be like. Oh, hope it went okay showing such yeah, a honestly, That's I'm, what I'm, I'm trying to say. Make it a bit more rom- personal. Yeah, it's not going to be a romantic Jesus, like Monday, she... this is this. But, well, Phil, no, the way you made it sound, but I'm going to let you I watched the other day on film four with a robot woman. There was one on the other day, this silly ex mechanica. That's what he is, boy. Is that what it's called? Ex mechanica? No, I don't. robots. Might as well be robots. Robots with human flesh. Obviously, it wouldn't be that deep to the point where. I'm going to be doing that every single day. But my point being is, yeah, if you're going to be, if you're always, if your partner's always needing that reassurance of, I'm thinking of, like, all the time, uh, how many times can you always be saying these things without, it's almost like, okay, you're just saying it for saying it's sake. Do you know what? Yeah, but I think the point is... No, I get the point. I'm just, just causing the argument for sake of it as well. Yeah. No, I do. I don't even get the point. You sounded like an, an avoidant, which you are. Yeah, yeah, you're telling me yeah. you don't really want to speak to a head from your partner during the day. No, but that was what I'd done previously. Yeah. Like, this is something. You've done that... the cut and paste thing? Yeah. <laughs> this. Ah, ah, ah. Mace, you didn't, you didn't hear that sound like an experienced man? <laughs> <laughs> That's why I said, look at his face. He's been here before. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> cut and paste. I was looking at him thinking, he's really done that. Uh, you're not demonising me now, man. I just told you that's what it was in a previous relationship. I'm a changed man. Uh, guys at home, you're listening to Fully Booked. <laughs> Mace, myself, um, French to my, to my right, and Poco in the studio as well. <laughs> oh gosh, we're on, um, we're on chapter three, guys. We're on chapter three of the book Attached, part three, sorry, when attachment styles clash and we're looking at the anxious avoided trap. Um, there's something else. Oh, the toothpaste incident. Sam and Grace. Sam and Grace. Sam and Grace. The toothpaste incident. Yeah, yeah. Pox, I'm going to get you to kind of divulge into this one because I think this one's quite interesting. Those at home, page 183 in the book, but just listen with us. Pox, give us a brief description of the scenario with Sam and, with Sam and Grace and the toothpaste incident. 
in okay. his own time. Okay, no, no, no. I just yeah. had to go run through very quickly. I mean, I can't remember which individual it was, but I think they obviously moved in together. Okay. Sam they moved Grace. in. Yeah, Sam and Grace. No, no, yeah, no, I didn't know which individual. Sam and Grace moved in together. Well, they're in New York, right? They're in New York. That's correct. Yeah. So All they right. moved in together, and I think the. And how long have they been together? Um, I'm not too sure. I think I saw something like two years. So yeah, I'm over two like years. Real people. Real people. Yeah, um, yeah, so they've been together yeah. for over two years, and obviously mm-hmm. they've taken a step, obviously, to move in together. I think the issues they're finding finding out together, obviously, as a couple, is that they're both a little bit uncomfortable with um, their, I don't want to say maybe their personal space, or some, not personal space necessarily, but small little tidbits in their relationship, such as, obviously, the toothpaste incident, where one likes it maybe squeezed, and the other one likes it rolled and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. that's just been a little bit general, but... It's the kind of question that's been posed out is really is what kind of things are you um, comfortable or uncomfortable obviously with your partner doing obviously in your relationship if you've actually moved in together or just in general actually French what please would set me off um Uh, I don't know, like like leaving the hair in the sink, like things like that. That for me would kind of do my nut. Experienced man talking here. Just saying. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 one of my ones. Hair everywhere, like everywhere. Like you're shedding. Okay, cool. I can I can understand. I mean. On, not it's a pet peeve it's not like a big deal it's not like cool, a, cool, cool. a no no I think it's important you actually highlight that I'm just saying I said it's a pet peeve it's something I could live with because you have to get on with it but you know what if I had to say one that, that would be one of them yeah. I mean I know we spoke about compromise quite a bit in this in this episode if you want to call it that I'm quite comfortable with it is. yeah no no <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say podcast. I wasn't too sure which both they are. Cool, yeah, episode. cool, yeah. cool. So um, I'm I'm quite comfortable. Not comfortable. Um, I'm quite understanding. I think it's probably a better word um, mm. with stuff like that. In that, um, I've lived with. I don't want to say several. Yeah, I've lived with several people in loads of different scenarios. So I'm I'm very much in the know that females or even males will. I don't want to say shed hair as such, but you might find bits and pieces of hair or see in the sink what in the shower. Other, other things would you find? Um, I'm hoping you ain't going to find too much else other than hair alright so that's why I've kind of left it at hair and that's what was going to lead me on to my next point when well, I've we, said when we give a next one man. I've said that when, when yeah no it, ah, okay, cool. my thing. Yeah, no 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 okay so when we start talking or when we're kind of like moving out the sphere of hair and we're talking about listen this is fully booked yeah and Outside of this environment, when you talk about you talk about pure nastiness going on, so don't try and shed that from the listeners now. What are you mean? What nah, you just talking in general. Um, oh my god, my mind's gone a little bit blank at this moment in time. I just don't like nastiness is a very blanket statement. Um, you think on it? What about you, Miss? Do you know what? I think personally, I think we've kind of missed the point. I don't think the main thing is like the, I know the to- I think the toothpaste thing in this Sam and Grace story was kind of the. Um, the thing that was the was the trigger point yeah, which trigger. was yeah. a trigger point but I think the whole thing was um, Grace moving into Sam's space and Sam not being not knowing how to adapt to that and Grace feeling like she's a stranger in what is yeah. now her own apartment yeah. and I think that's what the main thing was and the toothpaste thing was the kind of trigger where something got said yeah and they kind of yeah the solution so, the solution being the buffer zone 
which had acted out the it was almost like a placebo effect where it was it was there but they didn't actually end up using it mm-hmm. so um and what what and how they got to that point was using the relationship inventory and that works by highlighting um, one's own actions in reflection and through both of their efforts they're able to generate an idea that worked for both which in the end brought them closer mm-hmm. um yeah so i guess making make becoming secure an ongoing growth process and use the relationship infantry to help that do you know what was what was interesting as well the moment so obviously the toothpaste system occurred she's um squeezing from the middle he's rolling or whatever anyway but the moment, I think, the moment Grace felt like she was a stranger in Sam's place and she kind of sought out uh, alternative accommodation, Sam was like, actually... No, nah, he, was, he, he, he was glad, but then, yeah, again, I guess subconsciously he was thinking, shit, like... She's got an alternative now. Yeah. And then he was like, you know, actually, we need to sit down and talk about this and we need to just work it out because actually... The things we're arguing, or the things, the disagreements and things that are, that are causing this kind of friction in our relationship, are minor things. Compromise mm. is what's important. I yeah. mean, it's toothpaste. It's one conversation, but have two separate toothpaste. Yeah. If if that is, you know what I mean, it's yeah. not like toothpaste yeah. costs an arm and a leg. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Again, that being comp- down to compromise. Mm-hmm. Um, but just sorry, Pete. I didn't mean to try to duck your question. Things that really irritate me. I, there's not really a lot that irritates me. I just I'm I, I'm clean. Let's just put it that way. And if you're if you're not clean, <laughs> I'm clean. Let's just put it that way. I like clean things, man. I don't like living in squalor. squalor. That's my thing. Squalor, then. Moving on. So um, there's a lady. It goes further on into the book past the, the toothpaste incident. Uh, a lady named Sue Johnson, who's the founder of Emotionally Focused Therapy and she has demonstrated through her clinical work and writings that creating true security in the relationship and recognising that you are emotionally dependent on your partner on every level is the best way to improve your romantic bond. Um, is that something that you would agree with? Yeah, and it's, it's scary. It can be scary. Emotionally letting yourself go to someone mm. can be a scary, um, a scary thing. But I, I do agree. What's her name? Sue what? Sue, Sue Johnson. Johnson. Is that in that? Is that in this book? What page is that on? French. I don't do you remember? remember the name of Sue Johnson. Page, but it's definitely in there. Yeah, but letting yourself is one of the hardest things. Well, for me, literally, is letting myself go emotionally completely with a partner because you're literally saying, "Here you go." I think it's incredible. Yeah, I'm, you're literally saying, here you go, I trust you enough, you ain't gonna f- basically <clears throat> fuck me over, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. And it's hard, it is hard, because if you've kind of been burnt before, you kind of, you, there's, there, there, there's always a kind of, a one bit of you that's like, well, I ain't gonna let it ever affect me like this again. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's, it can be scary, but I think it's the best way. It's the only way for me. I feel like I'm very, I'm a little, I'm quite spiritual and I feel like it's almost like with a relationship two become one and you need to both be on a vibe or a level whereby you fully entwined with one another's emotion. This needs to be an emotional connection. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, definitely. For me. Me, I love it, man. I mean, as you what know, you man. love? 
because a real man might open up deeply to his female partner and she feels like she like she feels special because of that she, like she she's seen his emotional side does that make sense does that make sense yeah, right? yeah. and because of that it's like yeah but i know him like you look done because on the road side he's that guy do you know what i'm saying but back in, in, in the home <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah. it's proper lovely and things there interesting points man interesting points French, on to you, mate. Um, no, no. Question, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Question, you forgot. Do you think it is important in a relationship Looking. to be either A, kind of best friends, or B, you have to be extremely close and good friends? 100%. Definitely. Definitely. Especially now. Like, um, again, the power of knowledge and being aware and reading. I think definitely now um, I would definitely have to be my partner would have to be my best friend mm. and would that help you as well yeah. to open up emotionally if yeah 100% okay, of course because as close as I am with like my boys who I consider my brothers as, mm-hmm. like we can have an open conversation mm-hmm. in this forum right here and now and we're not going to judge each other do you know what I mean so we I can might laugh at each other's expense yeah no, of course <laughs> that's one thing but do you know what I mean it's, it, it's, a, it's a it's a space where you can address certain issues whether it's in the past or things that you're going through now or you may feel a certain way about certain things so you would want that within your partner where you can have that dialogue and that conversation to the point where you can open up and, and feel comfortable or not feel like you're... Yeah, you're going to have a... There's going to be some vulnerability to it, but it's not a case of I'm ashamed, I'm not going to say it. You mm. feel comfortable enough to address it. So, yeah, no, 100% um, do you believe that. Okay, cool. Same to you listeners at home, really. Is it important that you and your partner are best of friends? Um, and does that help to sustain and maintain a healthy and happy relationship and one in which there is an emotional connection? Yeah. Um, um, mm-hmm. Jumping forward uh, in, in regards to the anxious and avoidant trap and yeah. everything that's associated with it, mm-hmm. uh, there's a subsection saying, what if the goal of security of security is not reached? And I do think this is a good section for anyone that's currently struggling in a relationship now. So what happens if despite your efforts to move your relationship away from the trap and the vicious insecure cycle, you're unable to do so? Um, I was gonna ask how long if you was in that such a scenario, how long would you wait or continue before calling it a day or even seeking outside help? You're looking at me because I've put I'm just because you're okay, in your line of sight. Yeah, literally. Well, the last person I gave them about four months. Okay. Um, but as I said, that was before this book. Yeah. yeah I yeah. didn't. I just. I hadn't experienced a relationship with someone like that before, and mm. to me, it was just. It was a bit too intense, a bit too full on, and things that we were that we would bicker or argue over, to me, were just non-relevant. Mm. But I hadn't read this book, yeah, 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 and they were anxious. And in my head, now like, a not like even at the time I knew, I said, you know what? If I was at a certain point in my life, I could actually make this work. Yeah. But it take it would take a lot, and that was without understanding from this book. Yeah. Does yeah. that make sense? But yeah, I knew yeah, I could definitely. make it work. I knew like there was insecurities there. But now I've read this book, I think I could I would be able to make that relationship work a lot more easier. But obviously at the time, I didn't know about this book and I just thought, uh, right now, I'm at this point in my life, 
I'm not willing. We're mm. still early doors in relationship, remember? Mm-hmm. So I wasn't willing to put in the work required for that relationship. It would need a lot of solid foundation and groundwork to secu- to help um, secure the relationship going forward from the other person's side yeah. and make them more um, and ensure that it's almost set up like a process where I'm constantly keeping them reassured, which I don't mind doing. Mm. If I'm really into the partner, I know that they're, they're into me. Mm. But I just, I knew at the time I wasn't ready for that. It was very intense and it was, it wasn't what I was used to. So I gave that about four months, but going forward, having read this book, I would say, I would, I would try my best in it. As you guys know me very well, yeah? And you know that if, if I'm getting involved into something with someone in terms of like a relationship or starting off something, I'm not thinking short term. You might know me like that anyway. I'm not thinking short term. I'm thinking, where can this go? So I'm not going to just willy nilly kind of just knock it on the head. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. I'll give it a go. And then I don't think there's a time that I can put on it. But if I really felt like it couldn't work, it's not going to work. What about you, P? You know, I think that's a great question, actually. I mean, because funny enough, like from the title of that, that part there, um, just to the left of it or certainly on my on my app it goes when you build a secure relationship both individuals win so kind of like some of the things that I was thinking of were um, I've got a friend who recently um, went to um, I, I don't want to divulge everything went to certain lengths in order to obviously save his relationship in terms of he went to seek actually outside help mm-hmm. and then in, in speaking to him he was saying to, truth be told he knew the answers to these questions mm-hmm. he knew the answers to them but maybe he wanted someone else to me to clarify them actually for him mm. um, what the answers or the questions um oh the question so I'm trying to think um, mm. without saying too much the question of why he does this or why he does that if that yeah. makes any sense yeah no but I was just saying to no well, I, I, I thought I needed to say it yeah. out loud in order okay. to know um, yeah so he felt he yeah, he felt he needed outside assistance in order to clarify those questions I think that's, that's exactly what I said but mm. then there's me sitting there thinking to myself like okay if I'm in a relationship I mean I'm, I'm prepared to give it time but I mean I think I'm, if I'm in a relationship and you potentially know this person is not going to be your best friend as such or you know there's potentially going to be something slightly better out there in that you're going to find there's potentially a better sorry potentially a better a better relationship where the secure levels will be reached then are you just sitting in a stagnant relationship mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so how long would you give it so as soon as you realise that would you say this isn't for me um, how, that's what I'm saying it's about breaking away how would you know when and how would you break away Jesus Christ it's not easy to break away no, it's not, sometimes. It's not, even it's if not, you know long term it's not going to work Say for instance you're in a relationship which you know just doesn't feel right, but actually there's no arguments or bickering. Do you know what I'm saying? But it just on a connection level, it can't get deep. Like, how do you break away from it? It's not easy, bro. Sometimes. I'm telling you it's not easy. I don't know. <laughs> Man said it. Who's <laughs> that there? Yeah, the front is no way. Come it. But that's none of my business. <laughs> I was going to have a sip of water, actually. <laughs> um, anyway. Understanding that your continual arguments actually have a sud- a hidden subtext to them, that they are genuinely they genuinely are irresolvable, changes your perception of your own role dramatically. Once you understand that your partner will always find areas of contention as a way of maintaining distance, and that she or he will always need to withdraw, no matter whom she or he is with, you will no longer blame yourself for the relationship problems. Mm-hmm. Is oh, that's, there- that's, I like that. Is there anything that you can't or won't change about yourself in a relationship and have you had to explain why, if that is the case? Yeah. Um, I've got, like, I've got certain morals and values that sit with me and I'm not, like, 
I'm listening to I'm willing to take on and listen to other people's opinions and thought process or thought processes and certain kind of and where they sit in terms of their moral compasses compass but one of the things that's important to me in a relationship is our moral compass has to marry up because if your moral compass's face is, is due south mm. <laughs> <laughs> and there's certain things on there that don't sit right with me I'm not you know what I'm saying me yeah, is not yeah, you know yeah, I get that 100% that's that's one of the things. There's there's sort of yeah. That's that's not. I'm not willing to 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 kind of um, compromise on that for sure, man. I'm trying to think of like a relevant example. Like I don't know. Say you're dating someone and they they think a certain type of ethnic background are just bums or just, yeah, just something yeah, like that. Like yeah. so that don't sit right with me. Mm. You don't know people's upbringings or what. Yeah. Just, like just little things. It's just not. It's not even little. It's big things. Yeah. But. It's like there's certain things. If you, if you're thought person, you need to understand. If you are not willing to like realize where someone's come from, but you're just gonna judge them on the surface or face of things, I can't relate to you. Um, you got for me, I gotta date someone that's open-minded, mm. that's willing to like listen to people no matter what they look like, where they're from. Do you get what I'm saying? All these things are important. It helps to shape for for me. It helps to shape you as an individual. It helps to make you well-rounded. It helps you. It helps you to develop yourself, in my opinion. There's just there's other things as well. This is yeah, what just comes yeah, to mind. Yeah, I get that. So that's 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 me. That's that's me. The certain values and morals, and if they don't rest, if they if if, if what I feel and what you feel are complete opposites, it's not it's not going to work for me. It's not going to. You work know, I can really add to that. I, I think you 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 said that very well. My values, are, I think, are very very important to me. I was more referring to like, I mean, that's, I think that's, I think. You're saying everyone. Would be- I think everyone would be like that, like in terms of morals and values. But what I was more referring to was, was the certain things that you wouldn't change about yourself in the relationship. Like not, not yourself as you as an individual, like mm-hmm. how your principles are your principles, mm-hmm. regardless if you're in a relationship or not. Do you know what I mean? I'm talking about is there certain things that you would or wouldn't or you'll be willing or willing not so to give me an example where you've, been, where you've been seeing someone in a relationship and they've said I really don't like this about you can you change it um, me wanting space like as I said previously I like to have my own time and my own space and that's mm. something I wouldn't I wouldn't change like I do something I personally need and who, if I'm in a relationship they would have to respect that I'm not going to say um, that it's an encroachment on privacy or none of that shit. It's just a case of there. There are times I genuinely need to be by myself. Like, do you know what I mean? What does what does space mean to you? Is there a time frame on that? And what what does it does it mean? As in not in the it same. Could be, it could be not in the same physical location. Yeah, or no, we could mean, just be. We could be next to each other, so to speak. But I'm just in my own. What I could be reading a book in my own zone, or we could be in the same house, and I'm just over there in, in the garden would you know what I mean yeah. I just need a bit of just me time, me time. Just, just personal space personal time Fine. and cool like we can kick it after whatever what not but that's something I need to do I can't can't be stuck to each other like goo 24-7 mm. like some people like that some, some people, people like that oh, but that's, mm. that's absolutely fine but mm. what I couldn't compromise in a relationship is that for me that's me personally and I'm asking what's in the relationship is there anything that you wouldn't be able to change or would you be willing to compromise on every single thing? I can't think of the top of my head at the moment. I can't as well, but I think what you said in regards to um, personal space, so personal space, is that the word you used? 
Just space, just space, space. Um, space. And I think that was a, I think that was a good one, really, because although like I, I'll use the word space is kind of like gone in, it goes into that kind of like uh, avoiding realm. I don't think what you're saying is in regards to actually being avoidant. I think sometimes people just need their own space to kind of either collect their thoughts or just want to be alone for no. a moment or so. You know what I mean? So I kind of like agree with that. I'm trying to think whether that is something that I need as such. I think everyone needs a bit. I, I believe everyone needs a bit of space. Um, at some point in time, whether that is a like a, a thing for me, I'm unsure at this moment in time. I'm a little bit unsure, mm-hmm. but I can't think of anything off the top of my head really that um, comes to mind. But I think I'm willing to compromise on a lot of things. But there might be the odd things such as that space that I think you know what I think the person I think the person has to respect that. Mm. That's just my personal opinion. I think if the person loves you, I think the person's honestly got to respect it. I'd be willing to compromise in a relationship. I wouldn't be. Sure, is there anything else from yours? Uh, from you? Apart from space? Um, well, I've given one. I think you guys should give <laughs> one each as well. I'm just going to start licking them down and be like, alright, cool, well, this is it and this is that. Alright, so I think some of the things that come up, say like in a relationship, you might, some, some people might have hobbies or something like that. I think that's one of the most general things. Okay. They play football twice a week or go gym four times a week yeah, yeah. in the evenings. Okay. So that's the kind of thing. I'm not that guy, but... I was going to ask. You know I'm not good. <laughs> but... It's, I think that's the kind of thing that this relates to. Yeah, it's a possibility. I mean, it's a possibility. Whether it's going out, you might go out drinking with your lads twice a week or what. Yeah, if that's something that you need to do, regardless if you're in a relationship or not, is that something, could you compromise that? Yeah, but I mean, I don't do, I'm not that type of guy anyway, but... But I'm asking this for you as an individual, is there anything that you can Ah, think of? All right, so you know that I like to do my little vacations abroad. Yeah. All right, so I'm willing... In terms of me, because I will go abroad, for people like, I'll go abroad by myself. I don't I don't mind in it. I will go with my people and I will go abroad. But in terms of going abroad by myself, more than happy to compromise. And you know what I'm saying, hopefully, well, you're going to be attracted to someone who's going to be into that kind of stuff. Because if you're not, if you're going to stay in England all day, I'm not with you. But at the same time, I just hit the nail on the head. I'm willing to compromise on me not going away, but. I'm not willing to compromise on me taking a number of vacations throughout the year because that's what that's what I like to do. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? That's so what helps that keep me. That's yeah. how it keeps me in line, keeps me sane, keeps me like, almost it refreshes me. So I'm not. If 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 my partner says, oh, I only like going away once once every two years, it's not. I'm sorry, I'm still going, and I'll go with or without you. But hopefully, it won't be. You know what I'm saying it'll be a case. Yeah, yeah I'll come. So that's that's something I'm not willing to compromise on because that's what I like to do. Yeah, no, I think that's good. I think that's a good one. Um, Pete. Well, on the gym thing, if you like, if you like, if you, if you, <laughs> no, I was like, if you like pox tubby and with high blood pressure, then yo, then then you've got me there. But now, nah, honestly, now, nah, um, nah, I'm thinking, saying like void, like I'm, I think I, don't, I was gonna say this a bit. It's not childish as such because it is quite serious. But me going gym, yeah. Um, very similar to the space. Obviously, you take it serious. Um, what else is there? Like going out with your boys mm. or spending time with your boys. What about bro? All right, at the moment, yeah, you said you're doing a part-time routine. I know there's about two, there's about one or two other commitments. You're constantly busy with your time. Yes. So what? What about your time? Compromising your time. If you started to get involved with someone now, would you compromise your time? Hundred percent, man. I'm happy to compromise my time. You sure? Because, because time is time isn't money, but time can like. You're trying to. You can see the link. No, 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 okay, okay, let me see. So basically, you're subsidising money to spend time with someone. Okay, perfect. I'm glad you said that. So that's. What, would you be willing to compromise that? Yes, uh, I believe so. And the reason why I say that is because 
Um, there are times when, like I tell people this all the time, sleeping is really, really important to me. And, and people may laugh in the background. No, no, because some, oh, no. you know, because some people literally, oh, four hours. No, no, I don't do this four hours. I'm not um, doing that four hours sleep. Mm. I'm sleeping eight hours, potentially even nine hours, sound bonkers. Is really, really important to me. So I could be Uber driving, for example, maybe um, tonight or another night as such. And the moment it hits a certain time, the moment I yawn once, I'm going to bed, mate. Mm. I'm going home and I'm sleeping. And in fact, it doesn't even matter if I yawn. All right, if I've got to be up um, a certain time, I'm making sure I get those hours sleep. Mm-hmm. So in relation to our relationship, I know our relationship needs time in order for it to grow and in order to have that spiritual connection and stuff like that. And just to enjoy moments as such, that needs time. So I'm happy to compromise that time. So whether that's money, um, dare I say, I love football, whether it's football and whether it's other bits and pieces, you know what I'm saying? It's all got to fit in. Where's the sleep from coming to it? Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that's me I'll, I'll digress uh, no, I, um, <laughs> I'll digress I think it was you were just saying that basically money is not like sleep you're willing to compromise money for sleep yes so you, it's saying. the same thing to, with the relationship thank you cool skipping along happily mm-hmm. when abnormal becomes the norm an attachment guide to breaking up Unless there's anything else that you wanted to jump in before. There's, well, there's, there's a story in the book. Maybe the listeners at home, if they've got the book, can read through it. It's, there's a story with, is it Stan or someone like that? I know it's quite a long story. Alana, Stan? Oh, Stan and Alana. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a story to do with, because obviously the chapter we're covering is about getting caught in the anxious avoidant trap in a relationship. And Stan and Alana have a story on page 190, which goes all the way through to, I think, about 192, 193. I think 192. And it's like they get married, but Stan basically treats her like absolute crap. And it's so late in the day that Alana realizes that there's more out there. And it's this story. If you want a story on the anxious avoidant trap, we suggest you really read through that one because it really covers and goes into detail on what you could, not what you can expect, but how the anxious avoidant trap happens and how, and leading on to French, what French is going to come on to, when abnormal becomes normal in that you slide into a pattern and you don't even realise this is not normal, but it becomes normal because it's day in, day out. You don't know any better after a while. Is it, what is it? There's like a rule. If you do something a number of times, it becomes habit. Um, yeah. habit. Yeah, similar to that. I remember we had this conversation before, um, like just kind of like off camera, kind of off camera or anyway. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, where like I've said before, like, I don't know how, <laughs> I don't know how some people, and this, this like this is not to cause any offense in any way should perform. I've always wondered how people find themselves in relationships like um, um, where they're. Oh, how would I was gonna say something a little bit offensive. Um, where they're with someone and they've got two kids and it just sounds all, all I don't know you might be able to help me it sounds all type of madness but I mean obviously the Alana and Stan situation kind of covers that in that he's uh, I mean what would you say his type of behaviour is towards her he's an avoidant I think and she's and she's um, anxious but he literally doesn't compliment her or go on about ex-girlfriends or go yeah. out with his boys to ignore her he just makes her feel totally rejected are you talking about that's a different story right? what Stan and Alana no it sounds like something Stan and Alana, they found some stability via Stan worked most times, um, most time weekends, they did, on the weekends, they did separate chores and spent very little downtime together. The difficulty arose when Alana would ask to go away on a romantic getaway. Stan always found an excuse for not going. They'd have a huge fight and things would calm down until the next time. 
She never really grasped that her fights with him were about something much more fundamental than the actual vacation. Instead, they were about a big barrier that he put up between them. That's standing alone. <laughs> you told us. <laughs> so, can I continue yeah, with the story that you are referring to? Which is Marsha's story. Oh, sorry, Marsha Craig. Yeah, so let me get into it. Uh, Page 197. Sorry. So, guys, just come back. Just come back. If you want a story of anxious, um, anxious avoidant relationship and the trap, it's actually Marsha and Craig, Marsha's story, which is on page 197 and, and goes on for about three or four, actually five pages. I beg your pardon. Yeah. And because we broadcast live, we never edit. You're gonna get all of that backdrop. So yeah, you can slate me on the on the socials. For as, that I, as, I, as I said, when abnormal becomes the norm, an attachment guy took a breaking up. So Marsha's story, as uh, May pointed out, Marsha meets Craig in college. Um, this is to give you a bit of backdrop. So May, uh, Marsha meets Craig in college. On their first date, he brings his friends which she talks up as a mis- a misunderstanding. Can only be. <laughs> a month later, she surprises him at a team practice. He completely ignores her. He says, Marsha, when we're in the company of other people, I don't think they need I don't think they need to know we're a couple. She feels curious, furious and cries. They hug and kiss, all is made up. Despite Craig not acknowledging publicly, it's apparent that they are a couple. Several months down the line, she tells her ex that they can't see each other anymore. Mention this to Craig, and he says, What did you tell your ex that? Why did you tell your ex that? It's still very early, and this might not lead to anything. After another couple months, they seem to be on track. He moves into a one bed flat. She suggests she moves in. He agrees. Okay. However, life with Craig was becoming an emotional roller coaster and finds and find and finds herself in tears daily. Craig compares her to his ex-Ginger, belittles Marsha at every opportunity. There were occasions she would want to break up but was never able to follow through. He'd, he'd tell her that he loves her and she would be convicted by... She would be convicted that they should be together. Mm-hmm. Told her that she... Convinced. Con- yeah, maybe. Yeah. I may have put that okay. down. Yeah. <laughs> told her every day alright Mash- she rationalised his behaviour due to his relationships with his parents his domineering father Craig too was forceful they never met her friends in his presence she never met her friends in his presence due to her being ridiculed Ridiculed. however he was very affectionate they hugged a lot <laughs> and fell asleep cuddling minimal sex however mm-hmm. Marsha would compensate by saying no one else has a perfect relationship. You have to compromise on something. Pressure, she pressured him into marriage and knew it was a bad decision as soon as he, he agreed. There was a terrible ring, a terrible honeymoon. honeymoon. And time after time, when she mustered the courage to leave, Craig would convince her to stay. She began fantasising he would meet someone else and leave it leave because she was afraid she would never find the strength to do it. Upon the last time that she asked for a divorce, she agreed after a few times. Fortunately, Marsha went on to meet someone with whom she has a happy life. That is the backstrop of Craig Marsha and Marsha and, Ma- yeah, and Craig, Craig and Marsha. Mm. 
Um, I think, yeah, the, one of the first thoughts that came to me was that what strikes me odd is the fact he continuously belittles her but wants to stay with her. And I think that's more than just being an avoidant. Yeah, and you, yeah, go on. Why would you want to be in a relationship with someone constantly putting you down at every chance? But again, as I've, I've noted down, it, yeah. that is actually a rhetorical question. More so than anything. There's something in this... So I might not we might not have covered it in this podcast, but something in here which um about anxious and avoidance we might have skipped over in this in this chapter and it says avoidance feel one of the reasons why he probably wanted to stay with her is because avoidance feel are the most powerful when they know someone depends on them. Not all avoidance. Alright, well in this book, um <laughs> it does say some a lot yeah, of avoidance it's, it's, that. It is a one of several behaviours or strategies or traits and that could be possibly the reason why he um he still kept around and same from Marshall's side you know with anxious people Mm. they get that little bit they get they get that little um bit of affection bit of affection and they think everything's rosy again and then they'll they'll take all the rest of the bullshit that comes with it Mm. i don't know i mean like looking at so what's his name craig Mm. i mean so I mean, some of the traits I actually felt were quite high schoolish, and I felt I can kind of relate to them a little bit in that um, I didn't necessarily feel comfortable with all my friends necessarily knowing um, that I liked someone or someone I was potentially seeing was around. Does that kind of like make sense? Like, yeah. Um, so I could kind of like relate in some way, shape, or form to the way he was feeling. Funny enough, he says he was at uni, innit? Yes, he was a he was a uni student. Or so college or something. Yeah, something like along those lines. So I mean, he was really, I don't want to say relatively old, but he was like nineteen, twenty-ish. I'm gonna say anyway. Um, yeah, so I can kind of understand that that type of the way he felt in that he felt uncomfortable. But I mean, some of his behaviours obviously afterwards. I mean, I'm obviously a little bit lost on onto some of them as such. I'm I'm, st- I'm I'm actually really stunned that he actually managed to get married at some point. In that, obviously, in order to get to marriage, um, there's a long way in between that. You're assuming there's there's a lot of love. In between that, so I'm a little bit surprised he got married, or they got married as such. Did you have any thoughts on the Craig and Marshall story, French? It's fucked up, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, this <laughs> is about as much as that. Really, it's fucked up, man. But um, it happened. It all ended well. She met someone that she was happy with. Uh, fuck knows what happened to Craig, but. Um, yeah, I don't. The way he dealt with her is like obviously we can have a laugh about being avoidant, secure, and anxious, and all that. But then there's just certain things that you just don't do, and it's just not nice to how how she's been treated. You know what I mean? So I think there's quite a few things. I mean, that are quite clear. I mean, I know like his father was mentioned how he was domineering. I mean, and like the fact that he doesn't know how to speak to women. I mean, I think there's a little bit of rela- relationship obviously between the two. I'm not saying. Obviously, they, we can say there's some darkest, like even to the point where he, they didn't really have much sex, and he just preferred to have to cuddle and everything. Yeah. Clearly, there's there's well, I can't say clearly, but you could assume that there's other issues there as well. Do you know what I mean? Do you think another reason that Marsha hang, hung um, stuck around Craig, and indeed she kind of was the one that forced through the proposal and marriage, is because. Even though Craig can make her feel like absolute shit, but it's at the flip on the flip side of that, when he's when he wants to, mm. he can like actually make her feel happy in an instance. Yeah, of course. Which I think is is that called the rebound effect? 
I think it's called the rebound effect in the in the, in this chapter. I think that's when they're breaking up though. The rebound effect is more okay in in terms of going back to where you just was. That's not in it's the not action. Yeah, yeah, it's when you, it's when that that explains a lot because you, do you know what? There's so many occasions, not really, not not amongst my male friends, but definitely amongst my female friends, where I heard that like, they broke up this guy's this that and the third, and then what are you up to? You oh. know, spend an evening touch and such and you just don't ask no questions. Because you know it's the rebound effect, don't it? Yeah, definitely. I don't know, I mean like obviously not necessarily like, continuing on that point, but just like kind of like touching on the fact that obviously he had a dominating father. I mean obviously he must have shown obviously a bit of vulnerability or he must have been vulnerable at times obviously with his dad and the fact that his dad was vulnerable. So it doesn't really surprise me that it doesn't really surprise me. God Yeah. <laughs> right. You got it doesn't really surprise me that um, like when with his partner he wasn't necessarily having sex but he, he seemed to like cuddle up more often than not mm. that's just my personal opinion anyway rather than obviously being really really intimate with her but at the same time obviously showing a lot of um, um, traits in regards to obviously maybe putting her down and all that type of stuff traits or what? no in terms of his actions towards her no, because what, what we're seeing here is obviously we're seeing a mirror effect obviously what his father did to what his father was like with him yeah. and obviously what he's like now obviously like with his partner okay. so what I'm saying is the vulnerability in regards to him being vulnerable to his dad I'm not surprised he then shows that with her that yeah day, he's portraying yeah. it it's just like a mirror effect All right. okay. now I've connected the dots okay yeah. so you <laughs> make him sound wild I think what's going on here <laughs> how do you explain it wasn't how okay cool maybe I wasn't really clear at the, um, the beginning so I mean like a lot of stuff that he's saying I mean I'm just looking over here back through one or two notes here I'm looking people don't know, people don't need to know where a couple and I mean that's madness there like, I mean, um, and also I'm seeing here midget with bo- huge boobs I'm, I, 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 that's I, how he describes it yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. something yo that is madness you know there's midget something. with huge boobs that is bonkers man I, I, know I know there's one or two other bits and pieces in here as well in regards to obviously saying that you sure that's not bants <laughs> and also there's the fact that obviously um, I think when she was um, was she speaking to her old partner yeah and he was what did he say to her why did you tell them that we're finished we're still too it's basically don't tell your ex-boyfriend that there shouldn't be any communication between you because we don't know what's going on with us. Yeah, 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 yeah. That just sounds all. That just sounds all types of wild. Uh, you know what I'm saying? He definitely seems like a very uncomfortable character. Oh man. Um, to kind of bounce on forward, I wanted to kind of uh, go. It was a bit of a segue that you mentioned the rebound effect because mm-hmm. it goes on to talk about it in further detail, and uh, it, it explains it as as painful as it is to be mistreated by a partner. Severing an attachment bond is even more excruciating. You may understand rationally that you should leave, but your emotional brain may not yet be ready to make that move. The emotional circuits that make up our attachment system evolved to discourage us from being alone. Um, I, I'm guessing you have been in that situation, but I was going to ask, mm-hmm. has anyone been in that situation? And how was it resolved in regards to the rebound effect? Sorry, in terms of severing bonds, did you say? Mm-hmm. Um, Do you know? Yeah, it's happened to me once. Where it's happened to me once. No, that's a yeah. It's happened to me once where I've had to. I'm. I've gone back. I'm trying to go back, and it's obviously the physical thing happens, but through the emotional connection. Mm. Whereas it's happened to me a few times where I've gone back because, like, 
it's the physical thing. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But um, that's why I completely get the rebound effect. I completely see it from a, f- a female's perspective as well. When you often hear the like they slew their guy, this that, and the almost Jeremy Kyle style. Yeah. Rip him to shreds, and the next week they're back yeah. in his bed. Like yeah. he's cheated, done this. It's because they know that that person can make them feel a certain way, and they can't get that high from anything or anyone else. Mm. Or you know what I'm saying? So it's happened to me once, and I know. So I know the feeling, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, no, I get that. What about you, Pete? I think I've been quite repellent, so I've never really found myself in those type of situations and that. Like, what I find is... So you're telling me someone who made you feel a certain way and then maybe... Also, you don't have to be dumb, but you've lost contact and they haven't reached out, but then they've reached out and they want the nook. They might, they might just want the nookie or something, but actually and you go and get that but it also makes you feel a certain way I 100% get that but yeah. so what I'm kind of referring to I don't know if it's slightly moving away from topic is that I think I don't say way back when but I mean when I was when I found myself in those type of situations I tend my, my, my attachment style wasn't necessarily secure mm. um, and I think I was really an introvert so I was yeah so my I, I don't know I didn't I mean once it was severed it was almost as if I ran away from the situation. I'm kind of yeah, yeah. Saying, yeah. I'm just kind of just saying these, th- these things as I'm like I'm thinking. I'm kind of yeah. like, I kind of ran away from the situation. Okay, so but I didn't what really if they tried to pull you back in. That was it. You're gone. No, 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 no I would have jumped back in. But I'm that's, saying like that's the point. Yeah, that's cool. the point. Yeah, I mean, I can't think of any situation. I can't think of anything examples of top head. But yeah, yeah. that's what I would have done. Okay. Well, that's what would have happened anyway. Mm. And yourself? Yeah, I have. <laughs> full, full stop <laughs> full stop <laughs> no, I've done that on purpose no I have I've I've done the boomerang thing like uh, an ex-partner was like I like a boomerang but like it's fake no because um, we we had a relationship and then it broke down and then a few after times she would either holler at me or I'd holler at her and it just became that way we were just kind of not together but seeing each other on occasion kind mm-hmm. of on that rebound effect kind of thing mm-hmm. but for me it was purely physical whereas for her it was Got you. physical and emotional yeah. like she'll, she'll do certain say certain things that I'll mm. try and imply something emotional but I'll just shut it down like mm-hmm. no it's not that and it wasn't because I'm being heartless because she actually she uh, severed the relationship in the first place so now that she wants to kind of get it back I was like nope it's not that my emotional mm-hmm. connect, my emotional connection with her had done diminished and it was purely physical and obviously she wanted that emotional connection but yeah that's that's long gone um, so after the rebound effects you've got kind of there's a little section of the book which is on page 213 it's about surviving a breakup and how to and how to um, kind of prevent you from going back to that, from going into that rebound effect where you're going back and forth. And as French just pointed out, like, almost like a boomerang, which can last however long you guys want it to last, really. Yeah. Um, it's like nine strategies the book suggests using attachment principles, which will help you get through the painful experience of ending a relationship. So one of them is ask yourself what life is like for you in the inner circle. And it's almost a case of if you say like you're in a relationship, you're in the rebound effect or the boomerang effect, yeah, and you can't decide whether to just cut all ties or whether you should get fully in knees deep again. 
ask yourself, are you being treated like royalty or like the enemy? I mean, in Marsha and Kay's instance, Marsha was being treated like, she was being treated like it was Lex Luthor and Superman. It, was, it weren't nice, you know what I'm saying? I mean, she was the enemy. Midget with big tits or something, which is the same pops. Yeah, that was madness. That he was calling her and telling yeah. her something like... Banter, banter. <laughs> telling her something like... <laughs> telling her something like... Um, why are you surprised? She's coming to surprise him at a game or a match he's playing. Why are you coming there to surprise me? Um, build a support network ahead of time. And do you know what? Um, I don't, I'm not being stereotypical, but one of the things is, this is kind of what females are good at. And I don't know how, because men, generally speaking, I'm generalizing. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, no, that's good a good point. At speaking about this kind of thing. Yeah. It's important to, because if you know you're gonna leave someone, you just left someone, it's important to have your people around you to support you and let you know, people have experienced it, it will get better. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? And you can get through it rather than hitting that rebound effect. Do you wanna go on to the next one, P? Maybe not. <laughs> finding the finding the finding the comforting, supportive place to stay for the first few nights. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's quite explanatory, self-explanatory. Mm-hmm. Get your attachment needs met in other ways. So, recruiting support from your 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 Nearest network. Nearest. Yeah, and seeking seeking diversions, like um, going to a new workout class at the gym or checking out the the latest pop-up bar in Central or whatever it may be. Just kind of take your mind off things and, and do something different. Uh, another one being, don't be ashamed if you slip up and go back to the scene of the crime. So it does ex- explain, obviously you're better off not re-establishing contact with your ex, but if you do end up going back there... Don't dwell on it. Yeah, it's not yeah. the end of the world. Don't dwell on it. I mean, it's, it happens, everyone does it, but there are other things, strategies to help you get along. Another one being, if, you ha- if you're having a hard time, don't feel guilty. Remember, the pain is real. And again, having your friends around you to kind of tell you that, yeah, you can be, you are in pain, but it is okay to feel you've got this pain because we do go through it as well. Um, when you get flooded with positive memories, ask your yeah. close friend for a reality check. So obviously, you're, if, you, if you're with someone, there's always going to be a period of relationship you're going to have hem- happy memories of. And the thing is, and I've said this to myself before, and I think I might say it's you, P. If you know something's not working, it's not going to work. I know it's going to sound horrible and harsh, but try and think of the reasons why you know that rather than the reasons why you should stay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, because that's what is important. If you just remind yourself of the, of the 10% of good times, it's 90% of bad times, you're going to want to go back. Try and remember, this is why it would never have worked, or this is why it didn't work. Mm. That was the reason why it didn't work. Yeah. Um, deactivate. So write down all the reasons you wanted to leave. It's almost touching up on point seven. Yeah. Like kind of think of the yeah. reasons that it didn't work. And the last but not least, number nine. Uh, know that no matter how much pain you're going through, through now, it will pass. Uh, most people do recover from their relationships. I mean, when you have an end of a relationship, it's not the end of the world. Life does go on. You will get through it. And yeah. yeah, and there's a big pool of, of avoidance out there. Yeah, cheers, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, we wrapped up there. Yeah, I think yeah. that's that's about it. I mean, unless you guys wanted to pick specific three that you would use, I mean, call it call it a night. Yeah. Um, guys, thanks for listening. Fully booked. Um, next week, join us or next episode, join us when we move on to part four, which is the secure way. 
sharpening your relationship skills. So as the book says, one of the things, the key things is we should all try and aim to be secure and in a secure relationship. So that's what we'll be speaking about. Um, I'm out, Mason. I'm out. Yeah, we're all out. <laughs> <laughs> all for one, one pause, for all. Pause, pause, pause. Pause, pause. until next time. <laughs>